Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Good morning. Um, firstly, I'm so thankful to Pastor Dave and Mama Ann and the leadership of this church for giving me this opportunity. Um, I do not take it lightly. I thank you for just entrusting me to deliver this word. I thank my family and friends that joined us today. All y'all in the back, thank you. Um, love y'all, and I pray that you are blessed from what God shall say today. Um, look at, we gave just the ending of 1 Samuel 17, but to get the complete picture of what was going on, we may have to back up to a few verses in this entire story. The story of David was so packed full of different things, and I know what you're saying, well, how does this connect to Christmas? With God's grace, we're going to merge the two together and give an impact from it. There was a theologian who was named Paul Tillich, and one of the books that Tillich wrote was The Courage to Be. And it was Tillich's belief that there was a connection between courage and being. In other words, you can never discover courage until you discover being. Until you are secure in your own being, until you are secure in your own skin, you, until you are secure in who you are created to be, you will never discover courage because the first thing you have to have courage in is the courage to be. In other words, when we are secure in who we are, and we are, when we are secure in who God has made us to be, we will not be able to be, be intimidated by others because we know who God has called us to be. Because we know who we are and we know there's a greater work within us. And we understand we can no longer be afraid of myself because to be afraid of myself is to be afraid of the very God that's within me. And you cannot intimidate me because I know who is powering me. Because greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Paul Tillich then goes on to say that when I develop this courage to be me, then my courage will begin to manifest itself in how I respond and how I act in affirmation of myself. That when I stand in today's society that wants me to contradict my authenticity and deny who God has made me to be, I stand in courage knowing who I am and who God has created me to be, in spite of the world's many attempts to redefine me. See, that's why when you become the person that God created you to be, encouraged, you stop putting up with some things. Encouraged, you stop hanging around some people. Encouraged, you stop letting people talk to you any kind of way. And it's not that you're conceited. It's not that you're arrogant. It's just that you're better than the you you used to be. And when you're better than the you you used to be, there's some things you just won't put up with any longer. See, when you become comfortable in your own skin, you reach a point where you would defy what other people say you can do or what you can't do or where you can go or where, or where you can't go. You reach a point where you no longer allow people to talk you out of your destiny or convince you out of where God is trying to take you to go. Because the reality of it is the only time people try to oppose you when you are courageous enough to be you are people who don't know themselves. And see, it is your success that highlights their failure and dysfunction. 
and where your success highlights their failure and dysfunction, they have to find a way to bring you back down to their level because in their own insecurities, they can't handle you knowing you if they don't even know themselves. See, what all this means is that you will never find courage until you face opposition. Because it is opposition that becomes the manifested evidence that you have found your courage where you don't let the opposition change who you are. See, some of us have never found our courage because we never allow ourselves to face opposition. We've never found courage to be who God made us because we never allowed ourselves to stand in the face of adversity. Anytime something comes along, we have to run and hide or listen to somebody or get some type of inspiration instead of standing there and being who God has made us to be. Now, I want to back up to the 20th verse where it read that David reached the camp as the army were going into the battle positions, shouting their war cry. And as David was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. David heard this, and when the Israelites saw the men, they all fled and ran in great fear. Now, I want you to notice how when the soldiers, they went down to the battle line, all they did was shout. They went down to the battle lines and shouted their war cry, but when the enemy raised their head, they turned and started running. They went down there shouting and turned and started running, because see, they've got the clothes of a soldier, but don't have the character of a soldier. See, they've got weapons to be the soldier, but they don't have that warrior spirit to be a soldier. They've got the proper credentials and at the right place to be a soldier, but they still don't have the character and spiritual mentality of a soldier. So because they don't have the equipped spirit and because they don't have the warrior spirit, all they know how to do is shout. And I thought about it, and I thought about some of the people today, not y'all, but some of the people today. They come dressed to do battle, but they don't know how to do battle. All they do, how to do is shout. They just want to sit in the same pews, read the same scriptures, do the same prayers, but no get, never go any further in Christ, uh, open themselves to be used by God. But I'm so grateful, for example, in David, who in the 29th verse, he simply said, Is there not a cause? Even after being belittled and de degraded by his older brother, David still understood that this moment was bigger than all of them. There was something divine at work here, and it was out of this sentiment that he was determined to pursue his cause. Because, see, when you got a cause, you don't concern yourself with the opinions of others. When God has called you, you don't concern yourself with the side comments and jeers of others. You don't allow them to knock you off course because you're confident in who God has made you to be and you're standing in your cause. See, when you have a cause, it'll be enough to give you power to stand in Christ. It will allow you to open yourself up to God. Standing in your cause allows God to see that he can trust you and you aren't easily swayed by this world and its many influences. Looking at the 38th verse, we see where Saul begins to dress David in his armor. So Saul goes to David and says, okay, you're so determined to go face this Philistine, you have to put on my armor. So that when you go out there, he knows that you're fighting for me. He knows that you think for me. He knows that you talk for me and that you're acting for me. And there's so many people today who have compromised their authenticity by putting on Saul's armor. Yeah. 
So many people in today's society have lost their true identity by trying to fit into what the world wants them to be, by wearing Saul's armor. And the thing about Saul's armor, it's uncomfortable. It doesn't fit. It's been proven ineffective in previous battles, but still they put it on because it's what the world says they should do. It's what the world says they should look like. It's what the world says is acceptable. And the reason why some of us have not been as successful as we could be is because we're putting on the wrong armor. We've been dressed in materialism, dressed in social status, dressed in financial prosperity, dressed in relationships that produce nothing except spiritual malnutrition. The thing about it is, looking at this 33rd verse, Saul begins to tell David, okay, I know you really want to fight this Goliath, the giant, but you don't have any history. When I look at Goliath, I can see all the men he slayed. He's been fighting since his youth. You, you have ever been a warrior. I know Goliath's history, and your history, there's nothing that you've done. And the Holy Spirit said, it's not there's nothing that David's done. It's just that there's nothing that Saul knew. But just because Saul did not know it didn't mean it wasn't there. And see, it's a terrible thing where you let people define you by what they think they know when the reality of it is they don't know everything that there is to know. See, it's a terrible thing where people try to put their limitations on you and try to define you. They have the unmitigated gall to tell you you can't do this because of what they think they know about you. So David... In his humble self, he just started giving Saul the rundown about his battles. David said, well, the last time a lion and a bear came against, my she- came against my sheep, God gave me the power to kill both of them. And since God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, the same God that was with me then, you see, it's the same God that was with me now. You see, Saul knew some things about David. He knew that David was Jesse's boy. He knew he was a shepherd. He knew David was a worshiper. He knew he was Eliab's youngest brother. But see, just because he knew some things about David did not give him the right to decide for David what he was capable of. Because, see, there was something Saul didn't know about David. He didn't know the struggles God had brought David through. He didn't know the battles God had won on behalf of David. He didn't know the victories David had already got. See, you could just tell somebody, don't judge me by what you think you know. See, I got some stuff God's done for me that you don't know about. See, people think you celebrate all the things they know about. The fact of it is, you're not celebrating over that. You celebrate all the things you can't tell nobody. You celebrate all the things they never heard you speak on before. You, ce- you celebrate the things that are on the pages of Facebook and everywhere. You just got to be comfortable in yourself and rest assured that God has done things for you. And just rest easy in that and remember how God has brought you over. Looking at this text, I couldn't just, I couldn't help but see a parallel between the story of Goliath, David facing Goliath, and then the story of the Virgin Mary recorded in the Luke of the first chapter. See, the angel went to Mary and said, Greetings, you've been highly favored. And it says that Mary, she was greatly troubled at his words. 
But he told her, do not be afraid, for you have found favor, and you will conceive a son to be born, and he will be called Jesus. Mary questioned this. She didn't understand how this would come. He said, for the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And he could see that she was getting a little disturbed, so he told her, even your relative Elizabeth, who has been called barren, and in her old age will conceive, has, is in her sixth month with the child. And Mary, she simply said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Now this young unmarried girl, Mary, who became pregnant, it spelled nothing short of disaster. See, unless the father of the child agreed to marry her, she would more than likely remain single and unmarried the rest of her life. She would be the talk of the town. They would see her in the street and just say, Oh, that's that pregnant girl who says she got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. It spelled nothing. It meant that she would be called crazy and ostracized by society. Still, despite the possible risk, she resolved within herself to say, Be it unto me according to thy word. When Mary said that, she didn't know about the tremendous opportunity she would have. She only knew God was asking her to yield her will to his just to make herself available and to serve him. And she willingly obeyed. Mary being thrown into this situation, it had to be nerve-wracking. But I can't help but imagine Mary just sitting there and remembering the story she was told and read as a little girl. See, I can't help but sit there and imagine Mary remembering the story she was told about this boy named David, who in the face of adversity faces Goliath, this giant that nobody seemed to, to battle. See, I can't help but imagine remember, Mary remembering how God, David stood in courage in spite of what others were saying about him. I can't help but imagine Mary was sitting there remembering that if God trusted her enough to bring her to this, she had to trust him enough to bring her through it. See, I found so many similarities between David and Mary. They both found favor with God. David was called a man after God's own heart, and I can't help but imagine that Mary had to be a woman after God's own heart for to be chosen to conceive his only begotten son. They both faced opposition from outside influences. David, he had to, he had to be chided by Eliab, his, only bro- his oldest brother, His own brother was talking bad about him. Then he went to Saul. He was trying to help Saul, yet Saul was still talking bad about him. And Mary, being this pregnant virgin, she would have the town people talking about her. Her family could be talking about her. And even her husband, Joseph. So how is she supposed to come to him and say, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit? But God, being the all-knowing and controlling God that he is, he already knew what was going to happen. So he sent the angel to smooth things over with Joseph so that he would be able to go to him. And he even set Mary up because he said, Mary, your relative Elizabeth in her sixth month, and this child that she's given birth to, he's going to pave the way so that your son can begin his ministry. They both surrendered themselves for the Lord's use. Come what may, come who, whoever may come against them, no matter what was said or what was done, they both resolved themselves to come before God and say, God, I'm emptied before you. Use me as you see fit. What I found so interesting in the, towards the end of the story of David and Goliath was how God had David gather up five rocks from that smooth, from the stream.
yet David only used one rock. See, we know God, he knows everything. He knows everything before it happens. He's all controlling. He's all knowing. So he knew one rock was going to get the job done. But he still led him to pick up five. And, you know, I just started to just go with, well, David was just picking up everything he thought he might need just to face the Goliath. He didn't know what it was going to take. But then reading and studying different commentaries and books, I come to find out that, see, Goliath had four brothers. They don't appear in this chapter, but when you read the second Samuel, they're coming from down the road. So God didn't get, just give David what he needed for today. He supplied them with the needs for the days to come. And we see that same provision with Mary. He didn't just give Mary a son for today. He gave Mary and all of us a savior for all of eternity. And see, Mary, she wasn't certain of what was going to come from this. But she was certain that as she emptied herself before God, that he would supply her needs and he would fulfill all that she needed. See, Mary had no idea of the effect that this baby would have, which caused the songwriter to ask the question, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know that your baby boy, he was going to walk on water? Mary, did you know that this baby boy, he is the great I am? Mary, did you know that this baby boy, he would hung out on the cross. He would go into a buried tomb. He would get up on the Sunday morning all just to save some wretch like me. Mary, did you know that this is the great I am? Mary, did you know that he would walk into Jerusalem? He would go and heal the blind man in Gadara. He would raise the dead up in Bethany. Mary, did you know that this baby boy, he is the great I am? See, Mary didn't know any of this. And David, did he didn't know what was ahead of him. But they both had the courage and the love for God that they saw fit that they would empty themselves before him. And God is looking for some people, some Marys and Davids, that would empty themselves before God and say, God, here I am. Use me as you see fit. I forsake my way for yours. Here I am before you. God is looking to fill someone today. And the thing about it is, you don't know what giants he, you're going to slay. You don't know what will be birthed from you. You don't know what he's going to equip you with. He may not give you five rocks to fight the giants. He may not give you four rocks to fight the giants. But I got to tell you, he already gave you one rock. And this rock is Jesus. The, rear, the rock in the weary land. The rock is Jesus. The Holy Son. The rock is Jesus. The one you can stand firm on. And I can't help but remember my grandmama's hymn. My hope has been built. Oh, nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. See, I dare not trust that sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. For it's on Christ. The solid rock I stand. All of the ground, it ain't nothing but sinking stand. See, when I get, get nobody else, I got my Jesus. When ain't nobody else around me, I got my Jesus. He is the one. When you come before him and empty yourself before him, he is the one that will feel you. He is the one that will touch you. You don't know what giants you're going to slay on the behalf of others. Not yourself, but you're going to slay giants on the behalf of others. God is looking for Marys and Davids today just to fill you again. He's looking for somebody to say, my storage is empty before you, God. 
use me as you see fit. He is looking for somebody today that he can just equip with the power they need to touch others and to heal others and slay giants on behalf of others. God is looking for some Marys and Davids. You may not know what God is going to birth through you. God is looking for Marys and Davids to come before me and say, God, I forsake my will for yours. Use me as you see fit. Here I am, emptied before you. Fill me again. God is looking for you just to say that my storage is empty. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.